from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome everybody to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DeMiro, and I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we get into the special takeover episode, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review. Also, follow us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night and on YouTube at Fight for Wednesday Night. Hello, Wednesday Night Warrior. Hope you had a great weekend. I know we definitely did. Mm-hmm. Like we said, we decided to surprise you guys with a special edition of Portland Takeover podcast and what a hell of a show it was yeah we're just coming off of a excellent show from nxt i really enjoyed this takeover it was probably one of my favorite takeovers in a long time and nxt on all cylinders was connecting on this episode yeah i thought this was going to be a good one i just didn't think it was going to be this fucking good i mean this was absolutely crazy fucking crazy i mean starting off with with the keith lee and, and dijakovic match First off, I, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but starting off with Poppy's performance, crazy, <laughs> crazy. What was she wearing? Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't nah, bad. Yeah, she's cool. It, it was all right. But back to what I was saying, between the Keith Lee and Dijakovic match, like, holy shit, it started off with a bang. I mean, first off, with, with Dijakovic, the things that he was pulling out was fucking insane. A corkscrew moonsault, a avalanche slam off the top, a, a Spanish fly. I mean, this guy's doing things that... I, I wouldn't even think a guy his size could do, would do. Uh, I don't know, man. I was super impressed. Super impressed. As was I with both these guys. These guys are moving like they're in 205 Live, but they actually should be in like 305 Live. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think Dajakovic really had something to prove with this match because I know for me, when he was announced as the number one contender, it was kind of like, oh, we already saw this. And they already had a crazy trilogy. So he pulled out things that we haven't seen him do and... That's what really made this match to me, because I think that he was the star of this match. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he didn't get the victory, but exactly what you said, he was the star. Yeah, and even at the ending, when 
Keith Lee won, he actually put him back, like he stood him back up and got him to go onto the top rope to give that same respect. And I think that they are going to like build on this star that Dijakovic is becoming. We see he's getting better with the promos, and now he's putting on amazing matches. So hopefully they go somewhere with it. You know, speaking upon what you just said with Keith Lee putting him up on the on the top, I have to use my favorite word because that was truly organic to me. Yeah, uh, I thought it really showed the sportsmanship, and it just showed how much great history between Keith Lee and Dijakovic. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out was. How much command and power Keith Lee has. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, Portland is chanting for tables. I mean, they're they're screaming for, for the tables. And he, he gets them to quiet, to silence them. Shh. I mean, it was in in a matter of two seconds. That entire building got quiet for him. Like, if that's not completely power. Completely quiet. Completely quiet. Quiet enough for them to hear those double chops. Which yeah. was ridiculous. But to me, I, that just showed me like how much he's loved and how much he commands the crowd. And that was just huge in my eyes. Yeah, what a way to start the damn show. This match like blew me away. All my expectations were just like blown out the water because like I, I think we mentioned it before when we had Dijakovic become the number one contender. It was like, we're excited because we know we're going to see a great match, but we've seen this match already a couple times. Like It wasn't like it was, oh my God, I can't wait to see it again. But after this matchup, I have to say, like, wow, they really did their thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, kind of piggyback it off of what you were saying before is, yeah, we, we, we did see this quite a few times. And, and we had a trilogy. And then this match was put together two weeks ago. Yeah. So, it, it wasn't, like, so much of a, of a build again. It was kind of thrown last minute. And it was a match that we've already seen multiple times and not that long ago. Yeah. So, my expectations, I knew that it was going to be good. I just didn't know it was going to be fucking great. The only thing I would say is that, I felt like there was a missed opportunity with WWE because I think you mentioned during the show, it would have been pretty cool if they would have had like Mark Henry in the, the front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did build the match on the previous week. You know, he had that little uh, vignette thing of building them and uh, as these, these uh, titans and these big guys that can move so well and whatnot. It would have kind of been cool if they would have just had him yeah, I out agree. there. Um, we did see that Keith Lee is going to be on WWE backstage this Tuesday along with Mark Henry. So that, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, that, that's great exposure. Yeah. Alright, so after this match, we had a crazy street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. This match brought the aggression that this feud needed. Uh, exactly, I think you hit it right on the head. Right on the head. And I love that it started right from the jump. The second that Tegan came out for her entrance, she gets attacked by Dakota Kai, which immediately I was impressed with because I felt like that was the right thing to do. We need to bring the emotion into this yes. match. I wanted to see the viciousness, and that's exactly what we got. It was completely vicious, and I love how it started out through the crowd and came back around yeah. into the ring. But, I mean, these two, I mean, these two uh, superstars just gave it their all. I mean, they were taking kicks to the face without no hands, no blockage, straight to the face. Let me, let me just say this. These two girls on this show showed ruthless aggression. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely did. I mean, no, yeah, they, they went, like, bananas in this match and i just gotta say like dakota kai she seems to never put her hands up whenever she's getting hit in the face like this match she just kept on taking like shots to the face and like never once does she protect herself but same thing with tegan like there was points of this match where tegan's getting hit in the face with like trash can lids and just taking it like face on like it was crazy these girls are tough as hell yeah yeah without a doubt without a doubt i, I know dakota's a tough kiwi uh, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I would say though is, I wasn't pleased with the ending. Uh, having having this this uh, Raquel Gonzalez jump in, yeah. nobody really knows her. 
I don't know. It, it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I, I agree. And I got to say that I think Dakota needed to look strong in this match. And she did in the match. But once again, it's another victory where she either gets help or steals one. And that's not doing anything for Dakota's character. I do think that it's cool that Dakota might have some muscle with her now. So it's a little bit more to the package. But the thing is, once again, like I said, when you got to steal a victory every single time you win or you don't win, then you're not really a threat to any title. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Um, and that's why I sort of, I really didn't like this finish because exactly what you just said. And if you guys listen to the... The previous podcast, you know, I played a little uh, armchair quarterback with this one, and I, I said how I would have done the build. Yeah. Um. So obviously, I'm really not pleased with the way the build was to this match. I was very pleased with this match, but to me, it does. It seems like NXT doesn't take this feud as serious, or or they don't believe in it as much. In my eyes, I would have really pushed this as sort of a Sami Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens, or even now a Ciampa Gargano. Where it's a it's a feud. It was starting from a tag team, a breakup, and it's vicious. And you know, along the lines, they keep on finding their way back to each other, either yeah. in a tag team or in a feud. Uh, this just seemed like they just they didn't believe in it, it to me because Dakota Kai, like you just said, it's been help with the finishes. She hasn't won clean. She's not looking strong. And now you add this Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, kind of be the, the the middle woman in this and, and maybe she's the enforcer for Dakota. I don't know. I, I would have liked to see it stay as Dakota and Tegan and, and drag this out a little bit longer or revisit at some point. Yeah, I agree as well. I was very pleased with the match. I, I'm not so mad at the ending. I just thought that, you know what, as long as the right person won. Like, if Tegan won this and we totally killed Dakota in the water or shot her in the water, it would have been like, oh, or whatever. But I really think that the right person won. I just hope that the follow-up now does make her look strong. Like, I'm sick of waiting for them to make Dakota look strong because in the matches, she looks strong and then it's and things like this. But I'm hoping from this point on, we could get more of a, like, a different dynamic to the character to, like, make her look even stronger. The only thing I could think of is that this adds a sort of a different dynamic because if Raquel Gonzalez is going to be aligned with Dakota, which it looks obvious that's the route they're going to go, I suppose that maybe you kind of continue this because obviously Tegan did get cheated out of this. So maybe they continue this. Maybe they add in Candice. Maybe it becomes a a tag team type of deal. And now we get the announcement. Well, obviously, we're going to have a takeover before WrestleMania, which is only, you know, two months away. So I could easily see this being rematched, but it's not going to be the same. It, that 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 street fight was really good. Yeah, I mean, where else do you go from here? That, but now also thinking. now also, Tegan does have the excuse for a rematch. She beat Dakota before, and Dakota needed help to beat her. So there is that excuse for a rematch. Whether they do it in a steel cage to keep all outside interference out, oh, that's that a would good be idea. a good idea. Yeah, I like that. But. Yeah, a match that I don't think we're going to get a rematch for anytime soon, but was off the charts, was Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. This was a hell of a wrestling match. Oh, yeah. And I love that it was a wrestling match. They, they, I mean, we already had the, the street fight. We had all the craziness and the flips from yeah. Dijakovic and, and Keith Lee. Yeah. But this was just a, a hard-hitting... I don't even know how else to explain it. I mean, you had Johnny wrestling in it, so I'm going to keep saying it was a great wrestling match. 
Yeah, I, I got to say that something that stood out in this match to me was the pacing of the match. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. how it was like a slow start. They had a feeling out process, some chain wrestling, and then it built to a more aggressive match as it continued to go on. But it wasn't like just straight balls to the wall like we've seen in other matches so far because Dakota attacks Tegan right away. We just go straight into it. Um, same thing, Dijakovic and Keith Lee, they just went into like crazy speed where this match had that nice slow build and built up to the high spots of the match, which is classic wrestling, classic storytelling, and classic psychology. So it was really nice to see that in this match. Yeah, I feel I feel like if you love wrestling, then you love this match. I mean, two of the best that NXT has to offer. One thing I wanted to point out was exactly what you were saying, the fast pace, but I want to go a step further that I saw that extra aggression from Finn Balor, and it was sort of like when he's a demon, he turns yeah. it up a notch. And I love that now he, he's not doing the demon, but he's the prince. And it just seems like he has this new attitude. And you could see that in the ring. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. And I felt like it was go, 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 and it was hard-hitting. And like I said, again, he looked vicious. So I, I like this this character of Finn Balor now. He doesn't have to be the demon to, to, to release this yeah. aggression out of him. I totally agree. Something I really did love about this match was it definitely seemed like two different eras of NXT coming together. Because you did have the early days of NXT, like when the network first started from like 2014 to like, let's say 2017. That was like the first era of NXT that was really like causing like a stare and causing like buzz. And Finn Balor was the guy who was like spearheading that. And then when he left, it was really DIY and Johnny Gargano that took that spot. So it was a nice way to like bring the two eras together and... I think that it was just magic. These guys had great chemistry. Johnny Gargano constantly is taking crazy bumps but builds that sympathy factor for himself. And like you said, Finn Balor's new aggression that he's showing, it just fits him perfectly. 
So this match was just awesome. I, I love the way Finn ended it. I, I felt like it was a very dominant ending. Yeah. He, even the way he pinned Johnny was sort of like he knew I had this in the bag. Yeah, it was like a like a cocky pin. Yeah, yeah. Like he it didn't wasn't even, like hooked away. He just was over him doing his pose. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and not to keep on going back, but that's kind of what I wanted from like Dakota. I wanted to see like a dominant win, like yeah, like just a chain of hard hitting moves that you just knew, like hey, I'm done. Like I'm about to pin uh, Tegan Knox right now, and then that would like really like solidify Dakota. But we got that the next match with Finn, which yeah. was awesome. After this, we had Ray Ripley and Bianca Belair in a great women's title match. I thought it was good. I wouldn't go so far as calling it great, in my opinion. Uh, again, what, what was it lacking, in your opinion, then? I can't really put my finger on it, but if you notice also the time that that match was given, they weren't given so much time, which I understand. I mean, you know, the... The, the main event between Ciampa and Cole, that was given plenty of time, as it deserved and as it should have. Uh, you know, uh, Johnny Gargano's and Finn Balor's match. Yeah, that was had, given time. That was given time. So I felt like they were sort of, I don't know, they were kind of chopped at the bits from the beginning with the fact that they didn't have so much time with this match. And I don't think that they necessarily needed the time. I think this match was okay. But the reason why I think this match was sort of shortened a little bit, in my opinion, is because I feel like with the ending of Charlotte coming out and um, attacking Ripley and then also attacking Belair, I've said it from the beginning that I thought that this was going to lead to a triple threat match. So you don't want to give too much too soon. If you're going to leave this to WrestleMania, which only I can assume, I'm only assuming here, yeah. but it seemed like the right thing to do would be to put Belair, Ripley, and Charlotte at WrestleMania. On top of that, it also gives them an out with Charlotte. I don't know which direction they want to go in, but if Charlotte does not win, at least she doesn't have to be involved in the finish. It could yeah. be between Belair and Ripley. So that's the only thing. I just felt like this match by design wasn't supposed to be great. I, I didn't even think of that. That's a good point that you made there. The reason why I thought maybe it was cut short was because... Because I even seen in the like the next match, the tag team title match, where it seemed like it was a little short. And I think that was because like the Johnny Gargano and... Uh, I was about to say Prince Devitt. Finn Balor match went a little long, and then like you wanted to give enough time for the main event to tell that story that they did. So well, I didn't I, even think about. I don't mean to cut you off. You, you thought that the tag team. I, I thought that the tag team title match was also cut a little short. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just uh, thought I, I was like... watching when I I thought that the finish would come a little later. So when the finish actually came, I was surprised it was a three count. But oh, it was a great match also, but we'll get there. I did really like this match, and I think that Bianca Belair is continuing to show promise every single time she's in the ring. And I think that she's, like, at the door of breaking out. I don't think she's broken out yet, but she's, like, getting to that point. Kind of like the Keith Lee build, where now Keith Lee's, like, Omega Star for NXT. But, like, we've seen, like, the buildup at the ending of last year where he's, like, knocking at the door, knocking at the door, and then he just kicked the door down. I think Belair is at that point. Rhea Ripley, right now, she's a superstar. And I am just so happy that they are going to pull the trigger and have Charlotte involved in NXT and in the title picture heading into WrestleMania. So I was really pleased with this. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think I think both of those females, uh, Belair and Ripley, would benefit heavily being in a match with Charlotte. Definitely. Me I, mean, I mean, besides the buzz and, and all the outside of the, the ring that they would get, but inside the ring, 
learning and learning at that highest of levels. Yeah, because come on, who are you going to get in there? Who's better than Charlotte right now? Exactly, exactly. And and, and the the fact that all three of these women are are pretty strong. You know, they're they're above average and and strength wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it, it's a really good fit and. You know, who better than Charlotte, who's six one, you know, she's an Amazon of a woman herself yeah. amongst the other women. You know, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just calling it like it is. You know, if you look yeah. at some of these other females, they don't stand, you know, nowhere near the the figure of, of Charlotte. Definitely. And you said it's a good fit. Yeah. Another good fit is Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. And we've been saying this for a while that we love this team of the Broserweights together. And just like Bel Air, the more I see them the more of a fan I'm becoming. And their match tonight with the Undisputed Era was phenomenal. Without a doubt. Phenomenal. Without a doubt. Uh, from from early on, I liked Matt Riddle. I liked his in-ring abilities. I just wasn't a fan. I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of certain guys. They just don't resonate with me. I, I just thought it was a little bit too, I don't know, too Hulky. much of him and yeah, the, the yeah. slippers and whatnot. But whatever. Ever since I feel like he's aligned himself in the Broserweights, it's really allowed him to shine as a character. Also, within that time period, he's also grown as a wrestler. Um, I mean, obviously, when you're you're constantly doing it and you're in matches, con- you know, consistently and with other good wrestlers, you grow as a wrestler yourself. So I've seen the growth in Matt Riddle, but all of a sudden, it, when he's aligned with Pete Dunne, it's just like a superstar comes out of him. And I just felt like you see that on the mic, and we're seeing that in. And his in-ring abilities, and together, I mean, it's just, it's one of those crazy things that's just kind of thrown together, but magically works, man. Yeah, this team definitely works, and like I said, they just fit. They have great chemistry with each other, and they had great chemistry with their opponents, the Undisputed Ever, because, well, first, let me just say, it's it's hard to find a team that doesn't have great chemistry with the Undisputed Ever, because Fish and O'Reilly are, they're not the best tag team, they're in the top two or three. Top two or three, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And in this match, just... The way that they meshed with Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle was just amazing. They all kind of have that similar like MMA Muay Thai like style. Yeah. So it was, but it wasn't even like there was like too much of one style in the match. Like everybody just meshed, and some of the like sequences that we've seen with uh, Dunne and O'Reilly and then Fish and Riddle, it was just craziness. And I gotta say, when Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne won the match, it was actually a bit of a surprise for me because. I didn't think... I thought if you're going to go with the Undisputed Error losing the titles, I thought they were going to lose all the titles. Yeah, so did I. And... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I don't know. I just thought that, yeah, they're a great tag team, but surely there has to be something bigger in the works for two single wrestlers like Riddle and Dunn. I guess that they are going to keep them as a tag team for a little longer, which I'm not mad at. No, me neither. I mean, we talked about that. Before Before they were the Brosaweights, they were sort of floundering a little bit. There was nothing concrete for them. Yeah. Uh, and now it seems like they have something that's magic. It's connecting on all cylinders. The crowd is loving it. Hey, I'm not really big on the whole, you know, how much fish can Bobby fish fry? <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not really big on You might on be that. the only one because the whole crowd was doing it. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. it. Because it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. I'm not going to be bad at it. You know, I, I know it's it's working. It's a success. And that's what I'm saying is right now you have something that's really good um, and maybe even great. And I think by adding the tag team titles, you're just going to push that even more. And I feel like right now is a good time for that. The crowd is really connecting with them. So why not? Why not push them at this moment? Yeah, that's something that NXT has been doing really well as of late. Like they're not waiting until some thing like becomes stale like we see that a lot in the main roster we see that in other companies where they have somebody who the crowd is really behind but that company or the main roster doesn't pull the trigger with them like like a Braun Strowman when they were really behind Braun Strowman and he never was made anything of it we can go down the line there's many guys but here in NXT yeah but here in NXT Keith Lee big star wins a title Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne getting over wins the titles. So I, I like that. They actually are listening to who is over and then rewarding them for who is over. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I, I've, I've said it from the beginning that I felt that Triple H and the NXT team, they have their finger more on the pulse. Yeah. And so they're more willing to pull the trigger, exactly like you said, when it's the right time. When mm-hmm. the crowd is behind them, they do listen. So that's the, I think that's why I, I truly love NXT. Because yeah. obviously they do listen to the fans more than say Raw and SmackDown, so I think that this disproved it with the Bros awaits. And it's hard to not listen to the fans when they're as lively as they were tonight, because that fan base in Portland was going crazy for everything from the first match to the last match. Now speaking of the last match, let's get into it. Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole. This has been building since October second, the first head-to-head night with AEW. When Ciampa made his uh, return, he came out, had that stare down with Cole. We've been building through war games all the way to here. The crazy contract signings, we were finally here. And this match, another match that brought the aggression. It brought the heat and you saw that these two guys did not like each other. From the realism in the in-ring announcing when they were like announcing the stars before the match and Ciampa's in Cole's face, like not giving him like any space, that showed Ciampa just wanted like the belt to ring so he could just attack. And that was something that I love to see because we mentioned in the past before where you have the build of two guys that hate each other and then the match starts and it's a regular match. And it's like, where was all that aggression that you had in the promos and like when Leo Rush got slapped and you just started having a wrestling match, you know? So I love the story behind this match. It looked like Ciampa had a mission and he wasn't going to do anything but that mission. Yeah, this this whole feud has been very fluid. 
And what you get in the promos is what you get in in ring and even in the segments, like we said with that contract signing, which was fucking amazing. Um, and I think that's that's two superstars that really get it. They really know, mm-hmm. you know. And and NXT is really grooming them both uh, phenomenally. Uh, Champa just really connects. Um, I saw in this match that Champa really understood his opponent. And with the counters and with the misses and the creativity in that, I mean, this was just one of the best performances that I've seen of Ciampa in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, this was And just... that's saying a lot because he's been having great performances left and right. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and, and exactly. I mean, that's just a testament to, to, to him because, you know, he always lights it up. But tonight I felt like he just did a fucking phenomenal job. And on top of that, the, the maneuvers that he was taking with his neck. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, he's not that far off removed from from the, the neck surgeries, and when he took that, uh, um, what was it, the uh, like a wheelbarrow backdrop, backdrop uh, onto yeah. the, the the corner of the table, Just like holy fuck, man, holy fuck! I mean, his spine is hitting the edge of that table, man, and for a moment, I, I was concerned. Even the referee came out and gave him a second, was talking to him. Cole thought it was okay. He thought Chapo was already like fine and he went in and you see the referee back him off at that moment i got a little nervous because i'm like you know this is this is serious this is real you know this guy really does have in- injury problems and neck injury you know more specific so i thought that was just absolutely insane the punishment that he took the punishment that both of them took i mean this match could have probably finished three finishes ago you know what i mean and it kept on and the build and it was very reminiscent to adam cole versus johnny gargano where, you know, it just kept you on the edge of your seat. And every time you keep thinking that you know it's going to finish, oh, this this has got to be it. He's not kicking out of this. And Cole kicks out. Ciampa kicks out. And it's just like, what the fuck is going to happen? Definitely. I, I totally agree. And I want to say that one, Tommaso Ciampa, like you say, he's not so far removed from the neck injury. But he came back early from neck surgery and has oh, been yeah, going that's right. like that's right. crazy ever since. And there was a lot of points in this match that it was just scary to watch because I didn't think that the match was going to continue after some of the spots. Um, when he did that wheelbarrow into the uh, to the announce table, you saw like his neck whiplash, like that wasn't fake. You see, like he's in he's thriving in pain, and then just other things like Cole did. He did like the last shot to the back of the head. He hit the Panama City sunrise from the on the outside. Yeah. He was just taking a lot of punishment to the neck, so it was really scary to see. Um, like you said. The false finishes in the match kept me on the edge of the seat. But that's something that NXT TakeOver Main Events does well. Like, they don't make it seem like it's too much. But they have, like, enough where it's, like, the drama is still there. Where I've seen matches where you have all those false finishes. But then the crowd really just dies out because it should have finished, like, two moves ago. But they keep you on the edge of the seat in NXT. Um, You had the Undisputed Era come out, like, which is a regular. And I thought that's just how Cole was going to steal the victory. And then at the end, when Johnny Gargano came out, that was like a surprise because they just brought DIY back. So to have this feud continue now between Ciampa and Gargano, it's going to be a different dynamic. Now, one thing I don't like is the constant turning on each other because right before Ciampa went for his neck surgery, Gargano turned heel and attacked Tommaso Ciampa, right? Because they broke up reunited and then Gargano turned heel. Yeah. Then they forgot all about it when they had 
the story of his neck being hurt, then Gargano just was faced again out of nowhere. And now they seem like they're picking up the pieces of way before uh, Chomp got hurt. So it kind of like insults people's intelligence for the ones who do remember when this happened. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, forget that that happened. We're going to just say it's happening for the first time now. Like everyone's shocked that Gargano turned on Ciampa, but less than a year ago, this happened before. So, I don't know. The impact that they were looking for wasn't really resonating with me at the end of the show. Yeah, me too. Um, and it, it's for every reason that you just said. Um, I, I thought I thought this was going to be the moment where we, we see Undisputed Era finally get all their titles removed. We move forward with Ciampa as a, as a champion. I thought maybe, maybe we go with Ciampa Balor, could go with a different route, a fresh route. And I was a little disappointed when I saw what happened with Gargano. I mean, one, I was surprised. So I was like, holy shit. But at the same time, after that moment of of excitement, it was just like, okay, but is this really what I want to see again? I mean, yeah. I, mean I know these guys are two great wrestlers, but almost like what we were saying with, with Keith Lee and Dijakovic is, you know, them constantly having, you know, matches after matches, it just, it starts to get a little... But when Gargano did turn heel on Ciampa... We never got to see what the match would look like with the role, with the roles in reverse, where Gargano's the heel and Champa's the face because Champa had to go get the, ner- the neck surgery. So I am interested to see the dynamic of the match now because there is a role change. Like it would be different where, say, you had Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai with this role change with Dakota being the heel and like they run that out. But then, like, they continue it, but now they had a way where Tegan became the heel and Dakota's the face. Like, it would be a little interesting to see how the dynamic of the match changes. So, I'm willing to see where the feud goes. I'm just saying it's not fresh and it's not exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. One thing I would say, though, is that I thought this was a good night to do it. um, Because Gargano did fight his heart out and he did take the L in this one. So... You could also play off that the fact that you know he's coming off of a of a big loss, one that 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 hurts. He's running out of so emotion. Exactly, yeah. running out of emotion. He's a little bit bitter, you know. And then he sees you know his his former partner uh, in the title picture. So I, I, it, it kind of makes sense to me. But at the end of the day, like exactly like you said, it, it just to me it's just it's not a fresh matchup. The one thing that I feel like is going to be fresh is where does Adam Cole go from here? Yeah. I mean, does maybe it's him and Balor, maybe. I don't know. But then again, that's sort of like a two, two heels. Two yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, that's what's going to keep us excited to watch. This whole show was phenomenal, and I really enjoyed it. Like, like I said, the end didn't tamper it. It's just that, like, it's not nothing that, like, I am excited to We haven't to seen see. already. Yeah. 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 But overall, the show is great. I'm going to say right now, my match of the night was Gargano and Finn Balor. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Like I said, the pacing of the match, everything about that match was just a masterpiece in my opinion. I want to know, what's your match of the night? Well, to me, that, that that's, that's I don't know, that, that seems like an, an easy one. It's obviously the same. Um, you know, both guys just fucking gave it their absolute all. They're both phenomenal wrestlers, and we got to see that tonight. So that was easy. That That was the match of the night. But personally, in my opinion, wrestler of the night, as much as I would love to say it's Ciampa, it's actually Dijakovic. I was super impressed. Now, I am i haven't been so high on him because of the lack of character and creativity. I just feel like that's not his strong points. But in-ring ability, he's amazing. He's growing. He's getting better. And I love the fact that he took so many risks tonight. 
And I mean, he he was scoring on all of them. Yeah. Even when uh, he did that thing to the outside, I forgot what it was. But when Keith like Lee was the, in, in the chair, and yeah, then, like the oh, 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 the springboard, yeah. uh, the springboard uh, senton, I believe it was. And Keith Lee is between two uh, commentary tables, so his room for error was very slim, and he had pinpoint accuracy. And now this is a guy who's like six seven, six seven doing this. It's just fucking amazing, absolutely amazing. So he really. Blew me away, and I love when I'm I'm kind of down on a guy or 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 a, a woman, and they really open my eyes and they really surprise me, and they just show that they want it. And I felt like at the end of this match, after uh, Keith Lee got the victory, you sort of saw that on Dijakovic's face. I saw a guy that literally gave his absolute all, and he kind of left it in the ring and was just disappointed that it wasn't enough. So I think that just in general, he's just going to continue to grow. Like I said from the beginning, I think that you know he needs more creative help because this guy can really be something big for them. He's big in stature, but I mean as a character-wise, he can be big. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that he was one of the MVPs of this night. And if you're going to ride the wave of momentum, maybe he finds a way into a title picture with Adam Cole. Maybe you have a feud with him and Finn Balor to bring him to that next level. I don't know, but yeah, definitely, I gotta agree, like, Dijakovic really impressed me, like, you don't know when you're going to get that next opportunity to be on a takeover, takeovers only have very few matches, and they have a stacked roster, so to have that moment on a takeover where you're the opening match, and you impress, that means you, you showed up when you needed to show up, and now sky's the limit for Dijakovic, the same narrative that we had about Keith Lee a couple months ago, we are going to have now about Dijakovic, I think. That's exactly what I was going to say. Going into this match, I, I knew there was going to be moments, but I thought the moments were going to be from Keith Lee. I mean, for me, I think the biggest moment for Keith Lee was when he got the, the crowd to quiet within two seconds. Other than yeah. that, it was really Dijakovic's ability that, that really stole the match. And don't get me wrong, Keith Lee did his fucking thing. He was great. You know, I always love to see when he hits that pounce. Yeah. I mean, and then also that spirit bomb. He had to hit it twice, too, which I thought uh, said something about, about Dijakovic yeah. that he couldn't just finish him off with just one. Uh, so that was also a lot of respect to him. So Dijakovic, is, his stock is rising in my eyes. He, he He's definitely a guy to look out for in the next coming months. I just hope he gets a chance um, in the next takeover at WrestleMania because I felt like he really deserved it. Yeah, that that should be a prize now because, like, come on, like you said, he busted his butt for this night and he deserves to be in that upper echelon of NXT characters or yeah. stars. Yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah, TakeOver, an amazing show. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see the follow-up. Make sure you guys tune in on Friday for the regular podcast where yep. we discuss regular, Week 21. Regular of, scheduling, as yes, usual. Yes, AEW versus NXT. Business I as usual. can't wait to see the follow-up for this night. Without a doubt. I'm on the edge of my seat for, for most of this night. And I'm going to be on the edge of my seat for, for NXT this week. I really want to see where they go from here. It's going to be exciting. You guys stick with us and stay tuned. See you guys then.
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 